there's anybody here um, that we shared a time, but uh, I kind of like a woman in crisis. Does that work for anybody? Yeah. yeah. Like if your dad and your dog just died, get over here. <laughs> You're my type. I don't, it's not, I'm not proud of it. But even though I know that with my mind, I can't affect how my body reacts. Like if I see a woman kind of crying in a corner, I want to go into that corner and push her up against it. Welcome to or back to Queer Horror Cult. Yep, we're here again. And once again. Maybe you're here again, maybe not. Maybe this is your first time. So hopefully Either we're way, not we're boring as shit. Either way, we're stoked to have shit. you. Yeah. Yeah. Um So today's episode uh, is going to be spoiler heavy. Yeah. Again. Yeah, by virtue it's, of what we're talking about. Yeah, I guess it would be hey. Yeah. Um it's one of those things where I don't know how I feel about spoilers and stuff like I don't want to do spoilers if it's not necessary to the topic. Like That's I fair. like to just keep it out of it. But there's so many topics that I feel like in the early episodes we were kind of cutting our discussion just short of where we could go with it right. for the sake of not spoiling it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I guess you know for the we're telling people what movies we're doing so they don't have to listen if they don't want it spoiled. But I don't know. I I, I think for the last few episodes we've done topics where it's like we we can't not talk about the endings of these movies. Mm-hmm. And the integral plot points and twists and yeah. all these things. And I think that's going to be the case again today. Yep. Um so uh yeah. That's cool. <laughs> we're talking killer lesbians. Mm-hmm. Uh, lesbians that, you know, women who love women a little too much. <laughs> or so the, uh, probably primarily male filmmakers would have us believe. Yes, yeah. <laughs> As um, they project their anxieties and, let's be real, uh, latent, uh, ambiguity and ambivalence over how they treat women probably in their personal lives on to lesbians. Right. <laughs> Um, Sorry, is that a hot take? I don't know. I, I guess there could be some projection to read. Yeah, just a little. Um, <laughs> uh, Maybe not from, like, filmmakers personally, but from... Uh, like a societal kind yeah. of... Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. yeah, I definitely agree with that. Because yeah. I don't want to try and put anyone on blast. No, no, yeah. I don't, I don't even know the names of, like, who made these films, honestly. Yeah. So, Well, other than one. Yeah. But, yeah, for, like, the first couple we watched, I'm like, I don't know. Yeah. Or, no, not the first. Sorry, the, the latter couple that we watched, assuming we go in order. It's easy to just go in the order that we watch these things. Yeah. This becomes a bit of a problem for us as how does the joke always, always go with uh, queer women, femme-identifying individuals, non-binary people, like, you know, just sort of queer culture in general seems to be an obsession with, like, 
evil women kind of thing. Like, mm-hmm. um, I've seen so many things, memes and stuff going on, like Twitter or Tumblr or screenshots on Insta about, like, oh, how how dare they represent women this way as cruel and violent? Like, well, specifically, are, like lesbian. Women. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, yeah. Um, how dare women. they? They say that all lesbians are predatory and terrible and all that stuff. And then also, hello. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, pretty evil lady. It's like, I know we've joked about that a ton on this show. Yep. And uh, let's be real. Is it always joking? (laughs) (laughs) Um, I know that we wanted to do uh, some episodes about those sort of like almost predatory women that we admire in these movies. We've talked about it. Admire, yes. Yeah, that's the word for it. (laughs) That's Um, the word of choice. I know we wanted to do one about, like, um, the cold, sinister women in Jalo mm-hmm. at times. Uh, we want to do, like, uh, women in gothic horror kind of stuff, and just, like, goth aestheticism <laughs> as, as it stands. So it's kind of a tough one to... a tough nut to crack, if you will. Yeah. Yeah. So do, do you feel equally problematized by... If I actually stop and think about it, yes. If I just, like put on the cognitive dissonance goggles and suspend some disbelief. I'm like, what's the problem? Yeah. <laughs> like, <yeah>. whatever. <laughs> it's just a film, guys. Yeah, you're like, I can it's recognize... It's not that deep. I it can is, recognize but... that there's a problem with this, yeah. but I'm still Get into it. Gonna put those blinders on. I'm just like, yeah. nope, this is, this, is, this is fun. This is still my aesthetic and what I am into. Mm-hmm. Okay, so the um, representation of lesbians as evil, sinister, cruel, um, you know, like, just, yeah, negatively portrayed in so many ways, and not just lesbians, this extends to pretty much any portrayal of anyone queer or outside the big scare quotes here, norm, um, <laughs> this is not new, this has uh, been oh, no. around oh, no. for a long time in cinema, and, um, which is, like, pretty much all of cinema, because really cinema hasn't been around for that long, all things considered. Yeah, it, uh, it's celebrated, it's, like, centennial in our lifetime. Yeah, exactly. Um, so given the history of humanity before that, it's, it's, like, barely a blip on the radar, if you actually go back all these millions of years or whatever. Yeah, that's true. So, but even though it's so... yeah, We don't have to be so our, pedantic for about For sure, it. but no, but I just mean, you know, even though it's so predominant in our, you know, our everyday lives... That is interesting to still think. a very recent phenomenon. It came with considered. the technology and... Yeah, uh, yeah. So to say that it, it's like, hasn't always been this way, it's been for, for like, for throughout most of film history, it's like, so that's also like pretty much all of film history. To be fair, though, it's uh, a lot of this stuff is picking up on just on ideas in like literature Absolutely. and stuff. So yeah. it's, so the ideas aren't, Oh yeah, they pre-date they're film, not new even. to film. Mm-hmm. It's just a new mode of conveyance. Yeah. And yeah. Yeah. No, these, these ideas certainly didn't emerge out of nowhere. Yeah, everyone the was film fine was with made. gays. Uh, Oscar Wilde never got, like, busted or no. anything like that. <laughs> because everyone was fine with it. And then cinema happened and something changed. Yeah. <laughs> no, I guess when cinema did happen uh, for a while there, it was unregulated so much where people didn't quite know what the fuck because it's mm-hmm. this new thing. And eventually they decided, oh, hold on, we can't have this unseemly tawdriness in our homes. We better, uh, we better stamp down on it. And you did a little bit of research for once. We actually researched something. We, by we, we, we tend to research. Yeah. <laughs> just not as much as we would like to, I guess. Yeah, it, it varies episode to episode. It does. But uh, why don't you fill us in on what you've... Yeah, so recently I saw something about the Hayes Code, which I 
honestly hadn't heard of before. I'm bad. I only took one very introductory film studies class, so I guess we never got into that. Can you um, give a little primer on what the Hays Code is? The Hays Code, yeah. So that was, you were saying that was sort of the first thing that was put in, de- like, demanding... This was just off the top of my head. I was wondering if you had something there on your oh, okay. magic phone. Well, the idea was, you know, we need, we need to regulate the film industry and yeah. not show all these things that that uh, offend our white Anglo-Saxon Protestant sensibilities. Mm-hmm. So it was these proposed sort of things that shouldn't be shown, including uh, implied sexual relationships between people of white and black races. Yeah, or... you really get a nice sense of how... Yeah. I was going to say antiquated, but it's oh, just of like... Of the times? Let's be real. When we say of the times, it's not as of the times as we would like to believe it is. Yeah, I mean, still, even now, it's like, how often do you see interracial couples represented? It's yeah. still a very, like oh my god, we're finally seeing some representation when it happens, and it's 2019. Um, the code, it was uh, the Motion Picture Production Code. Yeah. And uh, it was known as the Hayes Code because it was made by Will Hayes. That's right. Um, it was from 1930 to 1968 for context. Okay. So It was um, established to both curtail additional government censorship and to prevent the loss of revenue from boycotts led by the Catholic Church and fundamentalist Protestant groups whom had wanted to judge the moral impact of cinematic Hollywood on the general public. This is straight from Wikipedia. So in terms of um, homosexuality representing anything gay, queer, whatever you want to call it, um, prior to this code being put in place, we had like the stock sort of like pansy character that you'd see that was very much sort of explicitly coded as being gay or as being queer in the sense of like something different the way you say pansy it makes me it sound it sounded a little bit like you were weirdly pronouncing ponzi as in like a ponzi scheme <laughs> the pansy the pansy i can see that the pansy scheme anyway um so while it didn't explicitly ban homosexuality the code oh, and I'm, again i'll just read this from wikipedia the code stated no kind of sex perversion which homosexuality fell under at the time labeling them as sexual deviants. It's funny you mentioned just before we get into this that uh, it didn't explicitly say homosexuality, but it said perversion kind of yeah. stuff. Because that is, you always hear the talking point where it's like, there was nothing said that was anti-gay, talking about like people from history and like, you know, like shitty like politicians from like, you know, early 20th century and stuff. Yeah. And it's like, well, no, because they already said they hate deviants and they hate yeah, the mentally fell under, ill. They fell under a different word. It's kind of like how you get the people who try to do, like, Holocaust revisionism and say that, oh, well, lesbians and women or girls who loved other women and girls, they weren't persecuted by the Nazis. And it's like, yes, they were. It's just they were categorized as antisocials. Yeah. So they were absolutely persecuted for their behavior. Yeah. That was seen as sexually deviant. Yeah. But it just, they called it something else. Yeah, so they don't even have to say explicitly uh, homosexuality. Mm-hmm. And just, like, you, like it, it's there. It's, it's in the, the connotation subtext. of yeah. what, just because they use a different term or category for yeah. it doesn't mean that it's not explicitly targeting specific people, specific yeah. behaviors, specific lifestyles, whatever you want to call it. Yeah, so so before anyone gets uh, at us maybe about the Hayes Code, it's like, it doesn't ban homosexuality. Um, it like, doesn't ban under- it using our lingo of yeah, today. Yeah, for sure, but if everybody at the time, like, they use purposefully vague language that everybody knows what it means, yeah. then, yeah, it essentially has, even if it doesn't use that word explicitly. Yeah if that's how it's used in practice and how it's understood by the majority of people, yeah. 
then it's still a ban, guys. Because hey, language changes. What a shocker. So um, back to back to Wikipedia. Despite the code saying that homosexuality was sex perversion, I love how they specify specifically every time sex perversion. Yeah, it sounds like something straight out. Of I remember Twitter. from like my uh, like 19th century lit class <laughs> that it would be like being an invert or being inverted was oh, the thing yeah. they'd say. It's like uh, he's an invert, and it's like we all know, we know. <laughs> <laughs> so um, homos came to be represented as villains or victims that commit crimes due to their homosexuality. And per the production code, these homosexual villains would have to be punished by law in order to coincide with the production code's rule stating that films not place crime about law. So, crime above law or about law? It says about law. I was like, Interesting. Be, yeah, no, but th- there's a couple of grammar things in this that I'm like, I think this article needs to be Wait, proofread. Wikipedia isn't like a An infallible source of neutral knowledge. publication that's gone through editors and like... It's Same gone through through one editor who's just like very. Misaligned. It really has. <laughs> <laughs> We're sorry, Wikipedia people. Yeah. Please don't come at us. Yeah. So anyway, um, we have straight up here the, I guess, legislating f- foundations of the predatory, evil, villainous, crime doing mm-hmm. lesbian who gets more often than not mm-hmm. punished. Um, Because I think of an early movie that has an example of a homosexual character in it. I think it would have been right around the introduction of the Hayes Code. I'm talking Mm. about the original The Haunting. Yep. I'm guessing 1931, but I I could be wrong on that. Um, But it had to relegate homosexuality mostly to subtext, but it's Mm. pretty in-your-face subtext. Right. (laughs) Uh, But there's this character who, she's so nice to the main character is like very caring and like close and then it gets spun around to being uh sort of like you're sick and we all know you're sick Mm. you're sick in the head because of uh this inversion of yours or hate the sin not the sinner yeah and it's one of those things where she gets uh raked over the coals for being gay without so many words as such and so you know like there's early examples of this throughout movies and they just had to kind of hide and hide it mm-hmm. but it was still there and they even like in this one where uh she's not punished for it she is uh called out and castigated for it so right. it's uh it's still there a funny thing just a little sidebar of the Hayes code i think it's great that it goes from 1930 to 1968 and what changed horror in 1968 night of the living dead George oh, A. Romero's okay. classic movie. One year short of being super nice. <coughs> I guess. I guess if it ended in sixty, or if it was done sixty eighth and sixty nine, would have been the the year the, of a nice, the nice year for horror. Yeah, and we say that when it's nineteen sixty nine, where it's like, oh, the hippie revolution is like blown up into Woodstock, and now we've got Charlie Manson's running around. Woo! <laughs> so for real life horror, yeah, I guess there was a lot going on. But we're talking about much more modern movies than this yes and uh post haze code post post haze code is way yeah. beyond that <laughs> first movie we watched for this was the most recent of the yeah, bunch and the brand, brand new watch for first time watch for both of us yep neither of us had seen this this was uh 2018's what keeps you alive do you want to do a brief plot summary should i like um yeah we could do that so we have we have a, a lesbian couple that goes out to the woods to one of their the women in the couple's like family cabin yeah. 
for a like one year anniversary wedding anniversary kind it of shows getaway. how thirsty i am for queer content that i was just like can this just be the movie <laughs> we don't have to yeah. get into the we horror, don't, horror, horror. Stuff. we can just, just have a nice like yeah. like lesbians being happy yeah concept yeah um the happiness does not last very long no when we find out one of them has very sinister intentions and a very dark past you could say the cruelest intentions the cruelest of intentions oh yeah no um one of them is oh yeah we, we're talking spoilers right i don't have to go mm-hmm. too much into it one of them is a full-blown fucking like sociopath serial yeah. killer mm-hmm. of her lovers yeah which is funny because she's not that old looking so no. she, she's played by the um I'm sorry, I forget the actress's name. The white I, woman from the Purge. I was going to say, series. I just know her as, as the nice liberal woman from the Purge TV series. Yeah, of that nice liberal couple that we 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 don't support the Purge or the the party, but we're happy to take their money. Yeah, and um, there's kind of a queer triangle going on in that movie mm. that doesn't go so well. So like. She- is you know if she shows up in your relationship maybe run the fuck away yeah <laughs> if it's like oh queerness she showed up it's like oh some bad shit's gonna I almost go wonder down now if that's gonna become a thing like you know how everyone jokes that if sean bean is cast in any, anything then it's already a spoiler that his character's going to die yeah. with like i think silent hill being maybe the one yeah. exception <laughs> that was it, silent hill it should have just ended with him alive and then it just splashes to directed by m night Shyamalan. you're like holy shit i didn't see <laughs> that twitch, twist coming <laughs> Um, so yeah, that being said, it's like, okay, next time she's cast as, as, as a lady who likes other ladies is, I'll, I'll be expecting bad things to happen. Yeah. So filmmakers, if you want, surprise if you want to surprise pleasantly. us, yeah. Um, interestingly enough, uh, I guess this film was originally, it was written as a heterosexual couple. Mm-hmm. And then early on, it got switched. Like I, I'd heard that about this. I, right. I, I haven't checked my sources or anything like that. Yeah, I remember you mentioned um, that. I, I, I'm hesitant on saying surprisingly enough because not surprising given like all of cinema is about heterosexuality. <laughs> um, but it is a little bit surprising in that I feel like at least for the setup, this was better than a lot of representation I've seen. Yeah. Especially one written by a presumably straight dude. Yeah. And um, I was I would say surprisingly enough insofar as it's not just a surface like stock, you know, one is predator and one is prey kind of thing. They actually go into detail about like the backgrounds, the yeah. investments, like it's it's very much. It's not just a surface representation of each character. Like they definitely yeah. go into their, they go into more depth with it. So it, so it's surprising that they would switch it to a lesbian couple in that regard. Makes me think that that switch must have happened pretty early, or there were some strong s- script resi- revisions before mm-hmm. they got to filming because it doesn't feel tacked in. in no, this. it doesn't. Like because it's there. There is in fact. Um, I believe there's a line of dialogue where one of them being gay is specifically mentioned in terms of a plot point. Mm-hmm. It's the one when it's like she finds out her name is different, yeah. like that she's changed her name. Right. And it's tied into it's like when I came out as gay, um, I wanted to leave my old life behind. Right. And like that was the excuse she cooked up. Yeah. Um, but it felt fitting mm-hmm. for the track of the movie so like it it wasn't just some throwaway detail or anything no. so whether it was this way from the start or not i felt like that was nice mm-hmm. like um sure. like i said i feel like my expectations are so low and the bar is so <laughs> low that like and this isn't a shot of this movie i'm not saying that it's poorly done in that regard or mm-hmm. anything but I, I feel like it wouldn't take much for me to be like, that was pleasantly surprising that they did right. that that way. Yeah, that's fair. Um, that said, this one, I think it actually did do a pretty good job mm-hmm. of that stuff. I agree. So. And if anything, it, it 
I think makes it more interesting insofar as evening the playing field for the sort of like most dangerous game aspects of it. Yeah. Where you do have one being hunted and by the other. And if it was a straight couple, then, you know, they might not be on as much of an even playing field depending on who it'd be interesting in to see role? i was curious how how they would have done the dynamic with that yeah would it have been like the predatory husband like your typical male yeah, predatory, or would it or have been like the flip yeah, but i mean like the flip would therefore could go dangerous on us too with yeah. um all all women are bad they're predatory they're, yeah, they're exactly. monsters kind of thing watch out man Make like sure your wife's in some crazy bitch it's really interesting to think how the gender dynamic would have played that is mm-hmm. just actually removed from yeah. The situation here. Yeah, so, like, exactly. So there's that, and then, yeah, just logistically, it's like they are of similar builds, presumably mm-hmm. of similar strengths. They're obviously not of similar training, mm-hmm. but there's just, based on that alone, having... Th- that said, now I want to see the movie where, the like, it's the straight couple, and they're, like, a bodybuilding duo, and they're just they're, both they're absolute <laughs> beefcakes kind of thing. <laughs> like, not just, like, they're ripped hard bodies, and it's the it. kind of thing where it's just, like... In the same weight class, just to have it even. Exactly. It's just, like, oh, man, he just punched the door off the hinges. Well, she threw a fucking car at him. Like, shit, <laughs> that's the movie I want to see. Let's do it. They both hulk out at the same time. We'll do this with WWE Studios. Well, now, yeah, get at us, WWE. We've got... We've got a movie, we'll write a movie for, you. for you. Yeah. With using your hard bodies. Yeah. Oh, that's a good point though, because it's like, when are we gonna see the WWE movie that uses a the women female wrestler, a woman, right? like as as the character? Because you get like, you know, like the crossover, like uh, the John Cena's and like the mm-hmm. the Canes and all that stuff, and it's like, yeah, n- not a knock against them or anything. Like I've seen a, there, a lot are... of wrestling with the Sasuke sisters movies. Yeah, like, but yeah, there are a lot of. There are female wrestlers that absolutely have like cult followings. Like I, I mean, I don't follow wrestling, so I feel bad saying this that I don't actually know any of their names. But there's one that if I saw her, I would totally yeah. recognize her. Pe- people love her. There's one from uh, Japan who she's. Like, I think that's what yeah, I'm thinking she's, of. Yeah, she's she's always gift, and it's yeah, like yeah, yeah. so wrestler fans out there get at us with who we're talking about. You probably know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I've even seen because um, I, I remember seeing like black women on Twitter being like, "Oh my god, we fucking love her because." There was a gif or a video clip where, where like, a white woman was trying to touch a black woman's hair, and this Japanese wrestler, like, fucking smashed her hand away, oh, and was like, do not fucking so do that. Good. Yeah, right? I'm just, they're just like, man, like, solidarity. Yeah. <laughs> we love this. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, she, so, she, she's already quite the character in her performance and her appearance and everything, and it's also like, and she's like a, like, ally, you know? Like, oh, man. Okay, she's now, a good I, person, now I really want to see this movie, you mm-hmm. know? Let's do it. I sorry, I just see rabbits running across the street behind you. Oh, cute! <laughs> They're oh, they got some brown patches on them. Spring yeah. is coming. For once, uh, we're not recording in our basement as usual. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was a had a hot water pipe blow and had to kind of take over our recording space with repair stuff. I suppose now that it's all fixed, we could move back down there. Later, but spring has sprung and it's nice the being in the sun. In. It's, it's seven p.m. and the sun is still out. Yeah, it's like what? It's like what? <laughs> we survived another winter that polar vortexed us. Yeah. It's always a good feeling to rise triumphant. Yes, rise from the ashes, from the dirty, dirty snow on the side of the road piled up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Anyway, um, wow, we really got on a tangent What keeps there. us alive? Yeah, what keeps us alive? So, well, what keeps um, you alive, but for us, yeah. what keeps us alive? More lesbian content in movies, more queer women, more sapphics, more non-binary more, representation. More ambivalence, not just like all good or all bad, but yeah. like... That's what keeps Complexity. me alive. Yeah, this keeps me alive. Yeah. That's right. Um, as for this movie, it's uh, 
I don't know. Uh, what did you think of this one? Overall, I liked it. I think by the end, it kind of petered out for me. Yeah, I, I kind of lost interest with the third act mm-hmm. a little bit. And I feel like part of it was, it, it, to me, it really felt like trying to keep up to, like, running length kind yeah, of thing. Yeah, yeah. It, it stopped following, like, logic. Yeah, there were parts where I'm like, you could have cut here and picked up here. Yeah. And very little rewriting would have had to have been done. But right. then you also would have had a 70-minute movie, which I, I... That's fine. I'm never upset when I get a 70-some-minute movie. Unless you it's know, one of those 70-minute movies that feels like it's dragging on, in which case it's like, how yeah. did you do this, and why did you do this, and you probably shouldn't have made this movie. It's like, there should have been a short show at a yeah. festival. Totally. Um, but that doesn't happen super often, thank goodness. Yeah, no. Uh, yeah, so, I didn't hate it. I, I It's one that I'm going to revisit yes, when I've, I've again. G- given it a, a little while to sit. Mm-hmm. Um, but... There is this glaring question of the evil lesbian, because that is a thing in this movie. Yeah. Um, what did you think about the representation there? Did you find that it was problematic or anything like that? Because hmm. personally, I didn't really think the movie was trying to tell us she's evil because she's a lesbian. Like, no, you, because for so many of them, you get that whole, like, that chicken or the egg thing where it's like, is she an evil crime doer because she is a lesbian or is she a lesbian because she's an evil crime yeah. doer or mentally ill or yeah. whatever like you'll get that definitely at least in one of the other movies we talk about yeah um so yeah i didn't see that in this one i felt like there was probably more problematic things you could pull at as far as her mental state right. and the the idea of illness than you could have at the fact that being she's gay, gay. Yeah. yeah no if anything the only thing the Maybe it's contextually problematic, I guess you could say. Because mm. kind of, um, like I've been saying or thinking about lately, with representations when, you know, it's not to say that this isn't valid in some cases, that some people like this, that some people identify with this, but when it's the same thing over and over and over and over again, it feels more like propaganda than, like, right. anything else. So in the context of that, like, all lesbians are actually, like, killers, then it's like, okay, yeah, sure problematic i guess but just in standing on its own if you can kind of like look at it in a vacuum for a second yeah. i don't think it equates that with yeah i don't find this one particularly egregious you or have anything jackie is the one who's be like she's a lesbian yeah she's not a you know questionably mentally ill serial killer yeah. or whatever she's you're rooting for her to survive so there's by virtue of the fact that they're both gay women yeah it's like that already kind of cancels out this assertion that all lesbians are like this because it's like well no here in the exact same movie is one who is not like this and she's not played up as some exceptional mm-hmm. or you know on it the, you know what i mean like she, she's not the she's exception human. to the rule yeah. or whatever this exceptional like where did she come from oh my god we should protect her at all costs because yeah. she's the one and only like herself like you know what i mean yeah so yeah I, I don't i don't i wouldn't apply that kind of reading to this movie right um it's actually interesting because uh, sort of just talking this topic as uh, and you talking about things in a vacuum and all that. It mm-hmm. makes me think of when I approach stuff as someone who is a uh, attempted filmmaker kind of thing. You know, like uh, in writing scripts and all that. Mm-hmm. Is I realize I love horror and I want to write horror and that's the kind of stuff that I engage with most. But I also have no interest in writing straight stories. Like, yeah. I just have no interest. So at the end of the day, I'm stuck in that little, like, thing where it's just, like, 
do I try and shoehorn in some straight characters just to make something as unproblematic as possible? <laughs> or do I have to deal with the fact that there's going to be evil queer people or there's going to be queer victims in my movies? And I think there's a big difference between the queerness being the reason for it. Exactly. Um, like, you know, uh, if you do the, the whole trite thing where there's the lesbian couple and then the moment they have that one little bit of happiness and connectedness, they both die kind yeah, of thing. One of them dies to, like, further yeah. the plot point of the other <laughs> feet of Empire um, um, Yeah. <laughs> yeah, or it's, like, why are they evil? Is it because they're, like, they're too gay to be sane kind of thing? Like, <laughs> No, and I think it's really actually quite easy to not make that... See, that, that's it? just it, but so many, like, I saw a Tumblr post going around a long time ago that was saying something along the lines of, you can no longer do queer evil characters or have queer victims because the straights have ruined it for us kind of thing. Well, and I that's feel like, giving the straights a lot of yeah, power. Yeah, I was going to say, it's like, as a horror fan, and someone who wants to create horror content, who also wants to create queer content, I completely disagree. Yeah, because not to mention, in real life, queer women are routinely victimized in violent ways at disproportionately higher rates yeah. compared to non-queer women. Yeah. So in addition to being like, oh, the straights have like all the power over this, you're also denying reality. Yeah. When when you're saying you want realistic representations. So yeah, I'm sorry, that's bullshit. I, I think it's just, you know, like that assumes that there's going to be zero no nuance in how you actually exactly. betray this. Like, so they it's assume, like what, they all have to be perfect and yeah, completely if you, flawless? If you like, make a queer so character... No matter what, it's going to be like the queer characters who've come before. And I find that to be like a bullshit idea that, like yeah. you said, it's giving the straights all the power. And that's exactly what rubbed me the wrong way about it. Mm -hmm. Because, uh, like I said, I want to make horror movies. And I love, like, you know me, I have a soft spot for those uh, French New Extreme horror mm -hmm. movies and all that. And it's one of those things where it's just like, yeah, I want to I wanna splatter the blood around. I want to have fun with this. I want to make it really tense and have those gripping moments. And, you know, like... I want there to be sadness and awful stuff just as there's going to be happy and joy and triumph. Yeah. Um, and for queerness to just be, because it, it's almost operating under the assumption that post you're talking about that if a character is going to be queer, it has to serve a purpose as opposed to just like representing the existence that is, does not have some kind of deeper symbolism or mm -hmm. something. Same with like, you know, I guess that's another thing I, I noticed in a, a couple of the movies we watched where they have aspects of like chronic illness and disability and stuff mm -hmm. that aren't there as some, like, symbolic thing to, like, really drive the point home to the able-bodied or straight yeah. cishet audiences. It's just, like, they just are. Like, in this movie, we have one of the characters, she's diabetic. Yeah. And it's not as some, like, like plot point or something, you know what I mean? Like, it is... It does become it, it becomes a plot activated point. Yeah. Insofar as, as it can be, like, used, but it's kind of just mentioned in passing. It's not, like, some... They don't turn it into this weird, like oh my god, she's so fragile, and I have to be her caregiver all the time. I protect her all the time, kind yeah. of thing. Like, if there's any moments of her caregiving, it's done in that mutual, like, we have this, at least this image of caring for yeah, each other. We yeah. realize there's a ruse going on. Yes. But it's done at that kind of thing where it's like, yeah, we're in a relationship, we help each other out. Exactly. It's not um, this weird power differential where it's like, look at this whole, or this, this totally selfless person who has taken it upon themselves to care for their ill lover yeah. and just oh my god what a selfless angelic human being for giving her her insulin yeah like, yeah it's not this weird like she's put on a pedestal for 
being just so kind as to do this for that for this chronically ill yeah. person. Like you know what I mean? It's not that yeah. weird like sap story where you give cookies to someone for doing the bare fucking minimum and treating a disabled or like chronically ill person like a you know regular human being. Yeah. So yeah, I thought I, I like that. Like yeah, it's very yeah, much yeah. in passing, but I was just like, that's cool. Seeing like some like. Well, the fact that it was in passing yeah, as opposed yeah. to just it's like just, it's just yeah, she's diabetic, and that's just that's just that. It's not like a. a, a metaphor for like her blood is bad like you know what i mean yeah it's not, it there's so many toxic symbolic. ways you could take that. yeah yeah, yeah. exactly and it's like no she's just diabetic full stop yeah and that's fine mm-hmm. so it's like that was really cool i liked that yeah and again is it so sad that i'm saying that in the year of our lord 2019 yeah but it's like oh my god diabetic representation that's normal and just like something that people live with every fucking day it's what we truly live in a cursed timeline for representation do we ever um <laughs> i saw this great tweet today it was like um i don't know some physics it was a joke conversation between like some physicists who studies like alternate dimensions and stuff it's like so i've got some good news and some bad news and they're like okay bad news first it's like okay so there are there are many timelines and we're in the darkest one they're like okay what's the good news it's like we're in timeline number 69 nice <laughs> nice <laughs> oh, and it's man. like yeah that's, that's that's how it feels yeah oof but yeah, so What Keeps You Alive, this was put out um, by IFC Midnight. It's on Blu-ray through Scream Factory, because uh, I believe they are the ones putting out a bunch of IFC Midnight releases, which makes me wonder where the fuck is our collector's edition, newly restored from the camera negative of Dead Hooker in a Trunk. Right? I mean, I do have the Horror Pack Blu-ray, and it's really awesome to have that, especially with an audio commentary mm-hmm. on there. Like, that's <laughs> fantastic. Not a slag on their Blu-ray at all. But at the same time, it's just like, I want, like, I want to read the words 4K restoration on a movie that was probably shot in HD and not 4K at all. Yeah. Um, I don't think there will be any negatives to restore. Yeah, it was, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I get the sentiment, though. Like, the energy yeah. there. It's like, yeah, I know what yeah. you mean. Like, I I swear, anytime I read on the back of, like, a new Blu-ray 4K restoration, I'm halfway there. Mm-hmm. Oh, I know it. That's just fact of life. Yep. What keeps you alive? 4K restorations are what keeps me alive. (laughs) Um, Okay, okay. Uh, Next movie, next movie. What do we watch next? We watch High Tension. Yep, 2003. And speaking of French New Extreme movies, this was kind of like the poster child for the start of that. Mm-hmm. Whereas Martyrs might be the king shit of fuck mountain of these movies. <laughs> the like most well-known one, one, at least. Yeah, um, the most notorious, maybe? For me, this one's the kind of the most well-known one because I, I got into this right when it came out. Mm. They played it uncut at the Metro, which I was saying while we were watching this, it's kind of funny because it's a graphic movie. It's gruesome, yeah. but it's not so beyond extreme that it's like banned in 31 countries or anything like that but Mm -hmm. when it came out it was cut down considerably because Mm. it was considered too much and now it's just like par for the chorus yeah so it's kind of interesting how much times have changed in what 15 16 years years. yeah so uh but i remember seeing this origin window has shifted that's for sure when this uh came out they played it at our local sort of like cult theater kind of thing Mm. uh uncut and I remember being blown away by it. Um, So, spoiler warning, right off the bat, there's a big twist that we have to completely ruin in order to do any of this topic. Yes. But you want to give a summary of this one? So we have a couple of uh, French gal pals who have been on a trip together or something, and they Hmm. return to one of the young women's 
family home, family farm, whatever it is. Yeah, we got Alex and Marie. They're going yes. to Alex's family's farm in... En France. So to say southern France. I don't actually know that it's southern France. Some, some, French some, countryside. Some, some rural French place. Yeah. And, uh... Yeah, Marie's staying with them that night because I'm not quite sure where she's headed after that. But she, they're they're just they're staying with Alex's family. Well, no, they're they're not, they're going out there to study. That's oh, how okay. it's set up. Because remember, remember when they were um, t- packing in for that first night, it's like okay, so tomorrow first thing we'll start with is like pre-law or right. like something. Right, yeah. I remember. Okay, I remember this now. Yeah, yeah. So they're staying with Alex's family, mm-hmm. and uh, that night, an intruder. Enters the house and starts killing people and... Brutally, brutally yeah. killing I should, people. Not just killing people, but, like, smashing heads and... Yeah. And lots of stabbing. This and... movie taught me how flimsily the human head is attached to the body. Oh, God, I didn't yeah. realize it could come off so easily. <laughs> <laughs> With enough force. Yeah. If you got a real <laughs> nice old antique really, dresser and, and you, you go really at it. And you really believe in yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Just take a run and, and start. And project yourself onto... A figment of your imagination. Dun, dun, dun. Dun. Um, oh man, if that's all it took, I would get so much shit done in a day. It'd be like, I'll imagine my my figment doing I'm, I'm things. I'm a super hard body in my imagination. Yeah, I'd be like, my my imagination is super productive. I'm a large adult man who can shove <laughs> dressers around and get shit done. <laughs> anyway, um, we're getting ahead of ourselves. Yeah, so Marie is sneaking around the house. She's trying to make it so the killer doesn't know that she's there. And mm-hmm. as she does so, you know, she's hiding. She's, really tense sequence. It yeah. lives up to its it, name. Yeah, high tension is the name. High tension is its game. Is Nice. Sure. <laughs> high tension is, is what it definitely delivers. Yeah. So it, it, it does live up to the name. Absolutely. And um, she, so she is trying to save her best, her, her best friend here, essentially, yeah. while sneaking around so the killer doesn't see what's going on and this and this eventually you know after he's dispatched her family he takes her into his creepy crime van thing yeah takes alex into the crime van which marie sneaks into to try and free her yeah and she's like okay and then they notice like this guy's a serial killer he has trophies he's been taking pictures yeah he's got all the cutout faces on his rear view and she and, and marie is trying to like be like it's okay you know all those girls are alone there are two of us we'll be okay we got mm-hmm. this, and Alex is just understandably freaking the fuck out. I love that fucking moment, though. I remember, like, being like, oh, shit, the first time I saw it, when um, Marie is in the van, she's got the kitchen knife, and she's, like, ready to stab the dude when he comes at the door of the van. Oh, But yeah. then he just shuts it on her, not even noticing that she's there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and it's so just, like, chance, she's like, locked oh, in the van. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and it's one of those things that it's just, like... I remember, like, being like, oh, no, the first time I saw this, yeah. just like, oh, you fucked. <laughs> yeah, it's like, oh, shit. And, um... They, uh, rock up to a gas station where she tries to get some help. Mm-hmm. And, uh, by her, I mean... Well, remaining Marie. unnoticed. Um, yeah. By well, the By the, the killer, killer. Uh, some more tense sequences there. It doesn't go so well for... For gas station attendant. Jimmy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Um, and that's where we realize this movie's a jalo because he orders a J&B. That's right, that's right. He's yeah. like, you got some J&B in there? It's like, oh, I didn't realize we're in Italy. <laughs> <laughs> well, they were singing that Italian song at the beginning. That's true, they were. Sarà perché ti amo. There you go. So, yes, this is actually a giallo. It's not a French New Extreme. <laughs> 
French New Jalo. French New Jalo, yes. Um, but yeah, they sort of cat and mouse chase each other right up until uh, actually there's a fun little car chase that ends in Marie wrecking off the road mm-hmm. and fighting the dude in this dilapidated greenhouse. Yeah, and, on, his, on his property, on his crime property. Yeah, and she ends up just like ruining his face with a barbed wire stick and yeah. that was another really gross part i remember <laughs> yeah it's pretty intense i remember when she like first swings and sticks it in his face yeah, and just sucking yeah, his head yeah. i remember when i first saw that i was just like how could they show that like i was like shook <laughs> because it was like i'd never seen something quite that like right. holy shit and now you see that shit on tv all the time yeah and it's like especially for like such a slick looking production like you mm-hmm. see that kind of shit all the time in the sort of old school like italian splatter flicks and all right. that but it doesn't have that veneer of like these are top-notch makeup effects and, and yeah. that kind of and stuff. And a very apparently well-known French actor and yeah. all these, like... Don't know the pronunciation for sure, but it's Philippe Nehon. Okay. Um, I'm, my French is non-existent, so my... <laughs> word. My it's pronunciation Canadian education is, uh, system of bilingualism. As a, a Canadian. Yes. I don't know a word of French. <laughs> as um, a bilingual and multicultural nation. Yeah. We don't speak French for shit because our yeah. teachers didn't even speak French. So nope. that's that on that. I have an excuse in that I lived in Australia where they taught us Italian until the Italian teacher retired or died. I don't remember and which. And then some other language. Yeah, we went to uh, American Sign Language. Oh, wild. So yeah. it's just like what, whoever's available. It's like, yeah, it was whoever's available. Apparently, the right before I got there, it was like Mandarin or something oh, like that. So, you know, it really was uh, whoever the fuck is available. Yeah. I think I've heard of some Australian kids learning... Um, I'm sorry, I don't know the name of it, the language that they speak in, like, Bali and, like, Indonesia. That's cool. Yeah. Because, yeah, it's so geographically close. Exactly. Yeah. I know that's, like, like Australians go to Bali, like, North Americans go to Mexico kind of thing. Yeah. See, like, I get why they do French in Canada, what with the bilingualism, and I get why they do Spanish in America um, with the proximity to, like... Mexico. Mexico and, all the, and, yeah. and stuff like that. And Puerto Rico being a state. Anyway. Yeah. Tangent. Yeah, weird tangent. Um... <laughs> What is revealed after she kills the dude and, like, smushes his face. And frees Alex, saying, it's over now. It's it's okay. Is we cut back to the gas station where the cops, because she called the cops when she was there. Yeah. It finally rolled up, and they're looking at the security tapes, and we realize that Marie was doing all the murders. Yeah, she was, like, dissociating. Yeah. And she, this man that we've been seeing through her perspective as this, like, unreliable narrator. Yeah. It's her. Yeah. It's just her. And now this twist... Drove people up the wall and right. made so many people hate this movie um, just on the twist alone where it's like, that doesn't make sense. That's bullshit and all that stuff. And I know that this defense has been trying to note before, too, but the more I watch it, the more it kind of tracks for me is right off the bat, she is telling the cops yeah, her so version the of events. Yeah, the movie begins with her in custody being like, yeah. okay, here's what happened. Yeah, and so she is telling them. It's very, like understated how mm-hmm. they set that up but she's telling them her turn of events and it isn't till the cops come into the story and see the footage and see what's up that we get a more unaltered version yeah like we see flashes like it mixes between her version and the reality yeah. of her what she the what she says she's seen and maybe she was having some kind of dis- dissociative yeah, yeah, yeah. episode where that could have been very well exactly what she was seeing. Yeah, she's definitely meant to be in a very horror movie sense, mentally ill. You yes. can definitely see that. And very come unreliable narrator yeah. in that sense as um, well. So honestly, I remember being like, what the fuck the very first time I saw it, like mm-hmm. at the twist, but it doesn't bug me. Like yeah. that that doesn't bug me, you know. I can see it's it uh, me either. Um, I can see why it would bother people, but it's like yeah. I get over it. Yeah. Little sympathy. 
Yeah. Now, 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 there is the other side of it in that she's doing the crimes because she's super gay for Alex. Like there she is you go. so yes. so gay this for Alex. This is why we're. That's more up. where my problem with it slightly hedges in more. Um, right. Because it's one of those things where it's like, oh, I love queer representation and cool. We've got like a queer killer, and it's very ambiguous as to how much that queerness plays into her MO, but I would say it's bigger as, like, this is a negative portrayal of mental illness more than right. I'd say it's a negative portrayal of a lesbian. Yeah, but it goes back almost not as, uh, maybe severely as the next one, or as I felt the next movie we were going to talk about yes. does, but that whole, yeah, is she mentally ill because she's a lesbian, or is she a lesbian because she's mentally ill? Yeah. She's violent regardless. Yeah. So, yeah, like, hmm. I feel like Maybe by virtue of when this was made, um, but you know that's giving people credit where it may not be due. Right. Um, I I I feel like it's perhaps not as strong on the 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 queerness and the quote unquote psychopathy Mm -hmm. being like so intertwined. Right. Like I think it's one of those things that the plot could have worked with it being a straight kind of thing, where sure. it's the undying love that they have suppressed for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. The reason being that they're gay and the other person's not, which is, like, an easy little, like, oh, there's a reason it could have been suppressed, whereas for a straight thing, it could have been, like, unrequited love pining for a friend. Right. Or something like that. But it's just that sort of, like, she loves infatuation you to the breaking point mm-hmm. kind of thing. Um, and it so, seems so much more pathological when it's same-sex, just by just inherently. Yeah, so that begs the question of how much are we reading into this as uh, going off of film history as well and how it's mm-hmm. always portrayed. Like, are and we... as a contemporary audience in almost the 2020s, practically. Yeah, like, we're reading it. Are we going off of that indoctrination from the Hays Code being a thing? Like, is that still um, coloring our perception of what's going down in this movie? But, who knows? But, yeah. <laughs> um... Yeah, it's a tough one. Uh, but this one gets slagged a lot for the queer representation, and it also gets slagged a lot for the twist. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I fucking love this movie. <laughs> I really dig this one. Like I said, I, it lives up to its name, which I love. Yeah, that's what I love about it. It's such a tense thrill ride, and it's one of those things where you always hear people be like, I prefer suspense to gore, or, oh, a movie with too much violence and suspense. Like, they're one or the other. It's like, this movie does both. This is so like, nice. Like, dos? It's like, the, yeah, this movie is gruesome as shit, and it's also really tense. And it's, like, mm. a good example to point at whether you like or hate the twist or, or like, how you feel about it overall. It's hard to deny that it's tense as hell and it's super bloody. Yeah, these are not mutually exclusive yeah. categories. And it's, like, that's kind of, like... Yeah, I, I wouldn't want to do a gore flick at the expense of plot and tension and all that stuff unless I was specifically doing something like, you know, like a splatter mm-hmm. flick for a purpose for kind fun, of thing. Yeah. Um, but there's no saying you have to. There's yeah. no, like, haze code yeah. that is this, you know, ordained by God saying yeah. that you cannot have both. And now, don't get me wrong, there are movies that definitely hedge their way one or the other and i have seen movies where it just feels like gratuitous violence at the sake of anything else yeah but it's just the idea that therefore that's how they exist like i have have i'm pretty sure i've railed a bit against this on this podcast before but it's something i feel passionate about (laughs) um but yeah high tension uh i remember this was one of those ones that when we watched it the first time because this was the second time viewing for you as you said Mm. um 
when I found out you hadn't watched it, it's like, oh, we're going to watch it immediately. <laughs> I'm going to watch you watch it. Yeah, just like sitting there like, huh, huh, huh? Did you see that bit? Huh? Did you notice that? You, you get it? You get it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, lordy. Okay, okay. Um, I guess third movie. Third movie. Windows? Is that what it's called? Windows. Yeah. 1980? Or 81. 80? I don't know. I don't know. I, I hadn't even remembered the... Because you, you told me, like, oh, yeah, we watched this movie, but you were hopped up on, like, post-surgery pain meds. Yeah. And I was like, oh, I, have I seen this movie? And then as we got watching, I'm like, oh, yeah, I've seen this movie. I remember this. But just off the title and stuff, I was like, I haven't seen this fucking movie. Yeah, what very vague about? title. And like you said, you were pretty hopped up. So. Yeah. But then as we were watching, I'm like, oh, yeah, and then this happens. And that's that twist. And yeah. this is going to happen next. So it, it all came back to me. So, yeah, this was, a, the this was the second time watch for both of us. Like, we'd seen it oh, that, right, that was first time, time right. back when yeah, you watched couple, it. a couple summers ago. So I remembered watching it, but I didn't remember tons of the details about it. So mm. it was cool. And I actually remembered a whole bunch of details. And I was like, how do I remember this? Like, I didn't even remember seeing this movie. Yeah, that's exactly it. As <laughs> the just, movie played out, I was just like, I remember. I yeah, remember. Yeah. This movie has a very low score on, like, IMDb, Letterboxd, all that kind of stuff. Probably because it's about the killer lesbian, and oh. that's offensive. Um, those damn SJWs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's one of those things where it's just like... Please understand I was being very flippant. Yeah, no, it's one of those things where it's like, you could definitely call me out on being very socially oh same rah, rah, rah. but yeah. at the same time i watch a movie like this and i'm thinking really okay. yeah i'm like, like of all movies <laughs> like this is not one of i wouldn't pick this as like a top offender i mean i get where the uh criticisms come from but i mean yes, for me personally as a queer horror fan this being like a queer horror thriller it was mildly offensive at best <laughs> yeah and like there was so much about it that is unexpectedly like nice yeah like i guess before we get into it the plot is that we have this this woman who is you know she's getting a divorce from her husband she goes home to her apartment and there's an intruder who assaults her and like records it with for some reason with his uh yeah, like a a tape sound recorder, tape yeah. recorder yeah and um you know she, the next day she calls the police her her neighbor friend comes in and is trying to help like console her yeah and um you know, this woman, she moves out of her apartment to a new place with a doorman. She feels to feel more safe as she's trying to deal with her trauma and also with the fact that it's like, yeah, the police probably aren't going to catch him because yeah. what are the fucking chances, right? Yeah. Like, all the only description she has to go off is like, he was like wearing a... I couldn't see his face because it was dark and he made me say certain things for his yeah. tape recorder. That That's literally it. Yeah. So she's like, yeah, there's... there's Even the friend is like, they're not going to catch him. Like, mm-hmm. I'm sorry. It's not going to happen. Mm-hmm. It's probably not a big priority of theirs either. Let's be real. Yeah. There's that main cop character who yes. seems to take special interest in all that stuff, but then mm-hmm. we also find out that it's because he's taking special interest in, in her. In her, yeah. And exactly. that, I found, was a little sus, you know, watching this. Yeah, that was uh, that's one of the parts of it that is... That's one of the parts of this movie that I found, like, oddly sweet was... Because, yeah, the whole, like, cop taking interest in, like, a rape survivor is, like, mm-hmm. this is weird. But at the same time, he's, like, so tender with her. Like, it, it's not like this, like, oh, yeah, here's a broken woman I can, like, trick into fucking me or something. Like, you never get the sense that he's, like, why isn't she putting out or, like, yeah. trying to pressure... In, in like, a different context, if it played out the same and he wasn't the investigating cop, yeah. there would be no problem. Exactly, it's, yeah. No, it's just that weird conflict of interest thing. But, yeah, in yeah. terms of, like you know, a cishet man dealing with a woman who's been very recently traumatized. It's like, this is really sweet. Like, yeah. he's so patient, and he's just, he's just like, what can I, like, can I, how can I be there for you? Once again, I'm like, thinking of that, like, bar being so low. Exactly, right? Yeah. Again, the whole doing, like, the bare fucking minimum, but it's so 
unexpected that it's like, yeah, exactly. oh my god, this is like really nice to see. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I did like that aspect yeah. of it. And for me to say that I liked anything about a heterosexual relationship, that's fucking saying <laughs> something. <laughs> right? Exactly. No, he's just like, I want, like, I want you to be safe. I want you to... I, I, and of course, I want to find this guy mm-hmm. and prosecute him. To yeah, the he law he, and stuff. he doesn't like negate his duties to yes. to find the perpetrator. And yeah, he does. He definitely doesn't like all, also let the relationship like get in the way of yeah, it, his judgment or something. And it I doesn't mean? feel like, like doesn't... he's using it to slime his way in. Yeah, but at the same time, you know, he does take that special interest, and it very quickly turns into this relationship thing. Mm-hmm. And so it, it does give me a bit of pause. That's yeah, for sure. For sure. Yeah, I agree with you that, like, if it weren't for the, that conflict of interest factor, mm-hmm. then, yeah, it would just be like, oh, this is, like, just a really nice person yeah. who appeared in her life at just the right moment. Yeah, exactly, did just what yeah. they needed, well, just what she needed kind of yeah. thing. So, anyway, she moves into her new apartment, and um, she this this guy, like, he show, her her assailant shows up. She recognizes his voice. Um, at some point, her one of her neighbors goes missing. Her house has been, her apartment's been broken into. So, clearly, there's still someone trying to fuck with her. Well, what we find out before this happens is we see the neighbor who was there at the beginning helping her out has the tape that the she's listening to it in like the back of a car. And when we and when they do catch the perp completely by chance because the the woman happens to get into a taxi cab and she she gets into the taxi cab her neighbors right right yeah so it was it was was set up so there is a lot of these like presumably set up it seems like it's completely by chance because how many uh, taxi i i I don't know that it was a setup i think it was one of those things because she wasn't expecting to see her and she just ran and took her cab oh that's a good point um but it's one of those things that it's like uh by luck Mm-hmm. But also there is some design behind it. Like, yes. it's not pure fluke. No. It's just, like, it was, like... like yeah, oh, there, there's some scheming going on. There absolutely is, yeah. And and uh, we, so once once um, the police apprehend this guy, he says he has a partner. He was yeah. paid by someone to, to assault this particular woman. But he, he will not disclose who. Yeah. And Unless unless uh, he gets unless the he gets charges dropped. Unless he gets all the charges dropped. dropped. And it's like, yeah, good luck with that, fucko. Yeah. And, um... We start seeing views through the windows of this lady's new apartment from, like, through a telescope. Yeah. And someone's watching her, and it must be the partner. Well, it's not, and it's... Oh, yeah, it's I think never ambiguous who it is. They reveal That's quickly right. they that reveal it is the neighbor. Quickly. That's right. Yeah, no, the mystery isn't over who's doing this. We find out I fairly... I forgot, yeah, yeah, no, that, I forgot they, they reveal yeah. it very in, in not wanting to, to play the hand too soon. Yeah, um, just like, here it is. It's like, oh, It's, uh, okay. <laughs> yeah, the neighbor, she is obsessed with the main character. Yeah, and she's even seeing a psychiatrist at some point talking about, like, oh, I'm writing a poem about love, and yeah. and I'm doing doing questionable things. For also, love. going back to our, our Imaginary Film Festival Awards, this gets worse psychiatrist. Oh, God, yeah. This psychiatrist is the worst, so it wins an award for that. Yeah. It's like, don't do therapy if you're not going to be good at it. Just write write meds and give fucking referrals, man. Yeah, yeah, rather than, like, fuck people up more because of your ego. Exactly, exactly, and turn them off of mental health care altogether. Word. Uh, anyway, um... This all kind of boils down to the woman is so obsessed with the neighbor. Andrea, Andrea. Yeah, Andrea, and what's the main woman's name? I don't remember. Fuck. Andrea and the main character. (laughs) Um, Andrea is so obsessed with the main character that um, she paid this guy to assault her and specifically record it so she can have a recording of... Because he forces her to make, like, sexual moaning. Yeah, he's like, you have to go, oh. Yeah. Like, oh. 
ha sounds. So that and, for, and he he says like you know so if, if anyone hears this they have to think you were into it kind of thing. Yeah, and not hears the tape, but like if they hear it through the walls yeah. or something, then it's it seems. But we that find she's out it is for it. the tape too. It, it, like yes, it has to sound true. like yeah. Um, but at the so, time he's making, you think he, he's, you think he's it's, just yeah. trying to get like a cover. So if, if the neighbors hear anything, they won't be suspicious. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, she paid him to assault her so she can have this tape of noises. And so she could also like swoop in and try to be this like white knight kind yeah, of Yeah, like she has like, like I can give you money if you motives, need it. that's for sure. It's yeah. really weird. gross and creepy. Yes. Yeah. Um... But I she think... has a lot of money, too. It's not really explained how she's so rich. Yeah. But, like, she's driving a sports car. She mentioned at one point, like, oh, I took an apart. I took a, like, penthouse across the river. Turns out it's, like, some dingy-ass warehouse, like, vacant-looking... It was probably, like, not quite gentrified, but she, yeah. she, she saw it coming, and she's like, I'll get in while it's still cheap. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, um... She kind of loses it at the end. Like, the final mm. confrontation is very... Like, it's a lot more psychological than physical. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and I think this is a really good example of what you're talking about earlier. Like, how much is, like, the chicken or the egg over mm-hmm. being unstable and being gay? I yeah. mean, first off, there is that correlation, that conflation of being gay and being unstable, as well as being mentally unsound, quote-unquote, right. therefore makes you dangerous. And violent. Yeah. Yeah. In movie land. So there's a lot of like that movie stuff going on mm-hmm. that it's pretty easy to see why it's problematic. Absolutely. And um But that's another thing, speaking of like the chicken and the egg thing and whatever, that was super unexpected about this movie and also from like the cop character in particular, because obviously he's like, Oh, I, I need to save my my girlfriend, whatever yeah. he sees her as. But when they're leaving at the end and Andrea's been like, you know, she's in handcuffs, she's apprehended, whatever, the cops have her. Um, the main character is talking about like, oh, she said that she loved me. And the cop's like, well, she probably does in her own yeah. way. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, that is like incredibly empathetic, I yeah. guess. That it's like, you know, he's not justifying it. He's not trying to like gaslight her into being like, well, she's just trying to be nice. Like yeah. anything like that. But he's, he's recognizing, he's like, yeah, she's not operating on the same level that we are. She has something going on. And so, yeah, in, in to just to offer some empathy, yeah. In her in her mind, she probably does love you, and this is like the best way she could show it. And obviously, yeah, it's not she's okay. got a lot of ruses going, but yeah. that's not one of them. Yeah, exactly. So he, so I, I was just that was so unexpected. Yeah, I was just like, wow, that's surprisingly like you don't usually get very much sympathy shown to criminals. Yeah, or people yeah. who I should say people who have been criminalized or people in this that case, are are mentally ill. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, it was it was just this this unexpected like humanizing moment Mm -hmm. i guess that's just like well yeah you know she obviously did something bad but again we recognize she's not i guess operating at full capacity or whatever you want to say and yeah she's doing you know her her intentions were pure again like obviously um impact over intention every time right and stuff but yeah just that extra bit of like humanization rather than just writing her off as some like crazy lesbian evil person or Mm -hmm. something it was this a bit more nuanced yes yeah because again like i'm not for this character i think everything she did was horrible i'm not yeah, a fan absolutely or defending but yeah just that extra bit of empathy that is not usually offered to yeah. criminalize people to lesbians to mentally ill people who do something beyond just being like oh i'm so depressed yeah yeah so. do you imagine the horror movie that comes out where it's like we've got a mentally ill, like, like bad guy doing all this stuff, and then it turns out they're just kind of depressed, and it's just like, 
uh, I don't want to shower today. <laughs> or like, I'm not going to prepare proper like food myself. Experiencing executive dysfunction. I yeah. can't get anything And it's done. one of those things where it's just like, I'll admit the realistic depiction of mental illness probably doesn't make for a good horror movie. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, but, hey, filmmakers, experiment. Yeah. Do something a little different know. for once. Exactly. Um, Actually, the climax of this movie I felt was very atypical for sort of horror movie climax mm-hmm. in that, in one hand, you could say from like a fiction sort of like suspense thriller kind of thing, it's very Peter's out. Yeah. But at the same time, I kind of liked how it basically ends with the character's break and rather get this huge violent bloody confrontation. Mm-hmm. She seems to go quietly into the night and yeah, um, yeah. it's right. like, it was a different depiction. It's not Definitely. the kind of thing that I would have expected. No. Um, no, I remember thinking like um, when she's in the apartment and you realize like the main, like, the main character's like, she's not going to be able to leave and no one yeah. knows where she's gone. And you see just like a shot out the window where it turns from night to day and it's yeah. like oh my god she's been there all night oh my god is she alive like has yeah. she survived the night and then they show her and it's like yeah she's like there's not a scratch on her she's yeah. fine and usually yeah there's just this such this like deadline structure set up when someone's been kidnapped you assume something very physically violent is going to happen to them and you have to find them before the it's like literally every episode of criminal mindset yeah, exactly, ends with right? like the killer is there with the final victim you and we've got there ticking before clock. You can do yeah. anything and in this case it's just like no they just like I mean, yeah, not to say a harm wasn't done, but it, no, it's not what not. you, ex- like you said, it's atypical. It's not what you expected. Yeah. And she was able to survive without having to, like, physically fight back or anything. Yeah. And when she finally does physically fight back, like, she slaps her. Mm-hmm. And that one gesture has so much impact. Yeah. Where it's, it's like, it's not your typical kind of Hollywood stalker ending no it's it's very much like a she's finally she's setting a firm boundary yeah and they're like oh like what do i do with this yeah no i'm not just gonna like whip out a weapon and start fucking stabbing her or something yeah like, it's yeah it's, it's atypical it's i mean that fear is there because she has the switchblade and, and yes. you've seen so what she's been willing to do definitely there like she kills her shitty psychiatrist before this yeah like we see that so and she kills, you know like mr marks yeah. She kills the fucking cat. She kills the cat, and that is the main reason why this person sucks out loud. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> but yeah, that's Windows. Uh, also out by Scream Factory. It's, uh, I don't know, I dig it. Yeah, me too. This is also one that I mentioned before, sort of in passing when I was bringing up the um, like disability and uh, chronic illness and stuff as, yeah. as just kind of there. The main character, we find out that she has a stutter. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. And like, it comes out a bit when she's... Um, when she's, like, afraid or when she's stressed out, which is totally realistic, like, when people mm-hmm. are experienced, like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. different things come out when, or are harder to manage, I guess, when we're not in a more equilibrium kind of yeah. emotional or mental state. And so, yeah, she's just been assaulted. She's being questioned by police officers. Like, yeah, of course, yeah. she's she's afraid. And mm-hmm. so she's having a bit, she's not able to manage it as well. Yeah. As normal, and you see her kind of like working on tongue twisters and stuff throughout. Yeah, the trying movie. to like manage it. Yeah, yeah, trying to kind of get back to where she was. But again, it's not like it's just there. Yeah, it's, it's not just, a huge plot point, it's and not. it's not like and it's not the like ending. symbolic or like yeah, whatever. It's just like yeah, it. this woman happens to have a stutter, and we're showing that. It's and sort it's of like, like a nuance. Yeah, there, yeah, yeah. It's, it's like it's it's just again pe- like people in real life who stutter. It's like yeah, they just that's just part of who they are. It doesn't serve some kind of metaphorical purpose to mm-hmm. like about her voice coming back or some like weird normalizing project it's just like it's a Which thing is interesting because 
I don't feel like the movie depicts her as weaker because of it, Mm -mm. but you could see how it gives the killer that sort of almost paternalistic, like, kind of, like, adds a little into that, like, because she's very overbearing in that I need to protect you and all that stuff. Yeah. And so perhaps this is a reflection on how someone like her views those that maybe have some kind of disability or... Yeah, yeah. That's a, and that's a good point, because she's the only character that really takes that approach of, like, oh, you have to be protected, you yeah. poor little sapling or whatever cute little... Yeah, because it feels like the cop's insistence that she does is more out of, like, I know what can happen from my work kind of thing. Like, you know, like, I, I feel like he's way less overbearing about don't go out, stay at home, and all that. Like, he does those, like, warning yes. protections, but he's less overbearing about that than this Andrea character is yeah. about, like, everything. Yeah, exactly. So, no, that's interesting. Yeah. But, yeah, that's just another sort of instance of, like, representing something that is not typically represented, and it's not being represented in order to drive a different point home for us, those of us, you know, more able-bodied people yeah. who don't experience stuttering or any sort of, like, mm-hmm. verbal issues i guess for lack of better word so i I liked that about it too and although she's you know you see her trying to get like her mastery back it's it's not like she's trying to overcome it or whatever it's more of a just like fuck i don't know because yeah i don't want to call it like self-improvement or something but it's it's another way i guess to show that fuck i don't know like how she deals with it yeah in day-to-day life i guess yeah and just how everything has kind of been thrown off of balance but it's not like the one representative of how her life has been destabilized yeah it's not this barometer that's just like "Ooh, your life sucks and because you're you have this hardship and if you, and and if you like can overcome your stutter yeah. then that means you've overcome your hardships and your trauma yeah. yeah it doesn't do that whole bullshit it's just it's just part of it yeah one of many parts so i i, yeah. I think that was cool yeah whether or not it was intended to be some kind of like representation yeah, for all we know really it matter. could have very much tried to do that like overcoming kind of blah 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 and they just failed yeah they failed at (laughs) presenting it like so it could have been a doubly bad moment of being shitty representation that wasn't even represented well wasn't even well wasn't even shittily well represented yeah yeah so anyway it's hard to say with this one i think there (laughs) is a bit of ambiguity there but i I, I get what you mean as as far as like it's part of it without being Mm -hmm. her defining trait or something that is set up as like this is the you know, she's been assaulted. She's had her her uh, her home ruined for her and stuff. But the real disability and the real thing that she really needs to overcome is talking yeah. normal. Because it's not played like that. Like it's, not. I, it's finally I like I didn't realize that the stuttering was a thing until we see her working on the improvement tapes. Right. Yeah. And you kind of forget about it. It's, but it's not like, oh, yeah. just as like a this is part of your therapy to regain your sense of self. It's just something she's doing when she's milling around the apartment. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and just and trying to just feel, like, safe and just yeah. feel like herself again. Yeah, it's almost like I can just take my mind off of this other... I, I can take my mind off the bullshit in my life mm-hmm. by working on this. Yeah. So it's hard to say. It's really hard to say how how good or bad that representation is, but who knows. Anyway, that was our week of uh, movies. Um, what did you think? I liked it. Yeah, I think it's a pretty yeah. good week. Yeah. yeah, some solid movies in there. Yeah. Um... I'm sure a lot of people might disagree with that on some of these choices, <laughs> but I don't care. I'm going to stand by. It's a it's a good lineup. Yeah. Me too. Cool, cool, I cool. Agree. Okay, so I guess it's that time again with our recommendations. Hell yeah. Um, 
did I go first last? Did you? I honestly don't remember. I'll just go. <laughs> okay. Uh, I'm recommending one that I've mentioned before for sure. Um, might have even recommended it before, but I think you might have. Yeah. I'm recommending it because if any of you assholes out there haven't seen it, it's like, what the fuck? <laughs> it makes you an asshole. Yeah, exactly. So I'm recommending May by Lucky McKee. This is like the one straight dude writing horror movies where I feel like not only are lesbian characters expected, but I'm not bummed about it. It's not like, <laughs> well, this is going to be a shit show. No. It's just one of those things where like his lesbians movie. come up in his movies a lot and it's better representation than we get lots of times, even if it is fairly... It just is. Ambiguously problematic, I guess. I don't know. It's just one of those things where it's just like queer women who love women show up and that's not the extent of their characterization a lot of the time. Mm -hmm. And they have, they have, uh, they're, they're complex. Yeah. So I'm recommending May in which there is some bisexuality at work there. Mm -hmm. Um, I actually do want to bring this one up when we do an episode about bisexuality at some point. Um... But it is one of those movies that it's, I I would feel like her sexuality is almost ambiguous even to Mm -hmm. her. Like she's kind of working through it. Yeah. Just as her, her actions and her crimes, it becomes ambiguous where it's just like, these are some fucked up things that are happening. But at the same time, (laughs) she's not like a cookie cutter villain or protagonist. Like she's kind of like treads the line between both. Yeah. Um, and it's you definitely, an, like, feel for her. Yeah, yeah. It's an excellent movie. I've said it before, I'll say it again. Watch May. Don't be an asshole. Just watch May. Cool. Yeah, so what's your recommendation? I was really struggling to think of one, but then I remembered in Pink Flamingos, where <laughs> lots of lots of crimes and lots of uh, stuff happen, lots of filthy business, um, Divine's character who I guess is just divine, but going under the pseudonym Babs Johnson. At one point she declared, when asked if she's a lesbian, Divine, are you a lesbian? She declares, yes, I've done everything. So (laughs) killer lesbian, let's do pink flamingos. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Because she's a lesbian who's done everything. Yeah. So, yep, that that counts. I fucking love it. (laughs) Any any shoehorning we can do with these recommendations sometimes is very much necessary. Especially they involve getting people to watch John Waters movies. Oh, yeah then I feel like we are doing the, the Pope of Trash's work. I suppose we can throw in another John Waters and say, watch Desperate Living. You got, I was like, thinking that too. Then I was like, oh, th- this one is explicitly, yes, I've done everything. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, they, they name drop it. But like the, yeah. there's the killer lesbians in Mortville. Yeah, that's yeah. true. So yeah, John, Wa- John Waters has some great killer lesbians, some great yeah. lesbians, period. Absolutely. Some weird fucking lesbians. <laughs> I love it. I'm, I'm here for it. Yeah. If, if you haven't, for some reason, looked much into John Waters movies, and I mean that beyond, like, Crybaby and you Hairspray. Know, Hairspray and maybe even Serial Mom. All the Serial Mom is. Serial Mom is. Yeah, go into some of the uh, the older stuff, and yeah. there are some treasures, some yeah. diamonds in the trash oh. in there. <laughs> I love it. If you're a film fan, watch the Cecil Be Demented, if you haven't. Oh, God, like, yeah. Like... So apparently this is also, we recommend everything John Waters has this touched. This is the John Waters Appreciation Podcast. Yeah. Oh, now, now I want to do that as a podcast. Maybe we'll do that as an episode someday. The oh, God, John yeah, Waters Appreciation Station will do it. I love it. Yeah. yeah. That, okay. It's official. It's happening. Cool. All right. <laughs> um, but until then, and until next time, make sure that you take it easy and keep it sleazy. Which you will definitely do if you watch some John Waters movies. Sleaze oh, is... Sleaze.
Yes. Do it. Sleaze is a disease that I'm happy to catch. <laughs> <laughs> I don't fucking know. 